1: Welcome, everyone, to the Film Vault. That is Anders, and I'm Brian Bishop, your host for today. Oh, we're talking. Well, I don't know if we are talking, but uh, one of us will be discussing *The Little Mermaid*, <laughs> also a uh, documentary assigned to us, and a um, well, I would I would call it bleak, bleak uh, Russian film assigned to us. You call that bleak? Beanpole, bleak. Mm-hmm. Brian, what's
2: the matter with you? Why would you get so soft? It's- what I got? Oh, because I consider it bleak. Beanpole's the, maybe the funniest movie I've seen in this calendar year. I
1: I, I, I can see how you would find it ironically funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, there's a genuine laugh to be had. That
2: there's either. nothing funny about this movie. And the, I'm, uh, I'm messing with you. And okay. anyone like the, well, uh, the, the... I thought
1: at a certain point it got so absurdly bleak that you were laughing. Like the other three listeners
2: that. who might know of Beanpole, uh, they probably found that amusing. They probably understood that I was making some ga- uh, some
1: okay, humor good, attempts glad. there.
2: Glad. You know, there is one funny moment, and it's actually when the the, uh, the term Beanpole is uttered towards the <laughs> end, I did laugh I don't think I was supposed to <laughs> so, had to do with a bus and a beanpole being hit by it <laughs> and it was just so casual this bus rider just is like, like what, what happened Cause the, the trolley stops I don't know some beanpole got hit by a bus beanpole I guess is, uh, is, is slang the,
0: for a type of person
2: slang for a tall woman in uh, Russia oh boy
1: Actually, it's slang for oh, a tall boy. person. I think it's the translation of because oh. it's slang for a tall person in English. I like to
2: think of it as a very specific. Perhaps, perhaps
1: that, it is. Perhaps it translates to pole of Bean.
2: I probably said too much, but honestly, I did not spoil. Like you, you don't know. <laughs> you didn't say much. I didn't say. I said a lot.
1: The 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 accident. The the aforementioned accident is a bit of red hair.
2: Well, now you've said too much.
1: I've said too much. Jesus,
2: Brian. <laughs> for those of you who may watch this movie. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, You're not going to be watching it for... Twists.
1: We should do a watch more. or turns.
2: <laughs> There's a lot to be said about uh, Beanpole, which was assigned to us by Nick Eats Cake, and I had a very, very nice conversation with Nick Eats Cake. And uh, you know, I say that a lot. I have a lot of great conversations mm. with our listeners. Usually, people who support the program in that capacity uh, really like the show. They really like movies quite a lot. Lo- Dare I say, love movies? Like the show?
1: Ironically, the host of the show doesn't even love movies that much.
2: One of the hosts, right? And, uh, I, I got to speak with Nicky's cake. I've been going back and forth with him for literally years now. I think, uh, via email, very familiar with the name and the idea of Nicky's cake, but I'd never spoken the, with the him.
0: idea of the man.
2: <laughs> and uh, wow. What a, uh, what a, Spectre. what a fun <laughs> conversation. It was the kind of conversation where if we recorded it, I, I think it would have, it would have uh, been praised
1: Good bonus content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right.
2: from his, from his point of view, though, what he brought to the table. He's just, he sees things, uh,
0: could have been the making of episode at the end of the HBO show.
2: Succinctly, yeah. It was one of those. It was a very honest, um, uh, educated conversation about, about, about film.
1: Good. I'm glad that you and Mr. Eats Cake had a uh, good talk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was drinking coffee. Don't do that to me when I take a sip. Hey, later, I think this, it's week, not funny. later this week, uh, we're going to be talking a little uh, top five princesses. That's right. To branch uh, uh, delight. And it was good of you to show up, Logan. Oh <laughs> good of you to show up, Avery, uh, considering your, your, your feel on the females.
1: He already told me the uh, tapes are going to be lost from that episode. The tapes are going to be lost. Yeah, they're going yeah. to be lost. Yeah.
2: Florence Brummer has assigned his top five princesses. That, I
0: brought my gear just so I was ready to delete it.
2: And it comes out at a good time with uh, with the old uh, Little Mermaid oh, coming John. out as we record this that just came out and just got released. Did so.
1: you enjoy it? Little Mermaid. That's
2: right. I uh, will see if I enjoy your conversation about okay. it, but that'll be about the extent of my involvement.
0: Avery, did you see it, or am I on this alone? I did not. Would you rather see Fast X or Little Mermaid? Probably Fast. That's the right choice. Yeah.
2: Just so I can <laughs> so have a. You
1: haven't <laughs> seen both. <laughs> this smart call. There's one person here who's seen both movies.
2: I just think I'd probably get a little bit more from Momoa's character, character yeah. right? than yeah. I would. Well, from actually, the entirety.
1: Mm, Momoa is matched by uh, Melissa McCarthy. We'll get there. Okay.
2: I would like to uh, say real quick that listener, friend of the program, friend of mine, Eric Robbins, uh, he brought he brought up the fact that, and I'm not going to say too much, but I'm going to go back to Sisu here for a second. Sisu, okay. everyone's favorite, uh, uh, yes. Nazi hunting underwater scene film. Yes, did you see that?
0: Yes, I did. So he
2: emailed it to us, or just to me? No,
0: no, no. I just I just saw it recently in the underwater. Season. Oh, the no, underwater scene. scene. I don't know. He sent an email. Yeah, he sent it about an email that.
2: about because that's the one. That's the one plot hole or thing that we really had to take a, a leap. <laughs> the
1: one plot hole.
2: Well, I mean, the one big one. Where sure. It's like we, we both knew like, exactly what. Is this
1: what, under, under the, the laws of physics is this possible?
2: We're not going to give, oh, I'm not going to give too much away mm-hmm. right here. But Eric, who is a very intelligent fella, he pointed out the fact that there is, and I'm not going to say anything for those of you who still have not seen it. I get it. You know, It's not that accessible yet. And I, I'm, I, I would imagine a bunch of you listening. Someone's we'll, going
0: to pick it up. It's going to we'll be,
2: just, yeah it'll probably get remade. Let's be honest.
0: But <laughs> oh, we encourage God. you to see
2: that <laughs> from the director of John wick. Seven <laughs> comes. Sue from Spike Lee. Sisu five. Okay. Uh, the, the underwater sequence mm. is plausible. Oh, and all 100% you have to do
1: medically accurate.
2: All you have to do is think about CPR and how that works. And apparently there is 80% left. That's all, We'll just leave it at that. Okay. There is still good stuff to be found in there Even and for, for those exactly. of you who have seen the movie you know what we're talking about yeah for those of you who have not you're still you're well
0: that's still why stable. when you're in an enclosed space it takes a while for you to suffocate it's not just immediate because you're not 100% oxygen 100% I think you said too much. I
2: yeah it feels like you're kind of crossing the line here but all you have to think of is CPR right like mouth to mouth like right, I mean what are you what are you
1: doing there yeah cuz yeah okay all right <laughs> thank fair, you
2: fair. thank you Eric for making me feel like an idiot three uh, weeks after the fact okay that's all i have to bring the program uh that's the entire, it the entirety yeah that's all you got yeah also we're gonna be talking about a <laughs> a criminally overlooked documentary called this mountain life yes from another friend of the program i enjoyed it filmmaker oh, cool. uh friend of the program <clears throat> grant baldwin uh every every week when you listen to this uh, here episode uh, this, this show each episode uh is bookended with a, a very catchy mm. score that's right and that was gifted to us by Grant Baldwin himself. Wow.
1: The guy who did the, the three guys, the guy who did this new music, this listener, and the director of this movie are the same name. That's wait, crazy.
2: Wait, wait. The listener?
1: The guy, whoever did the music, yeah. whoever uh, this listener is you're talking about, Grant Baldwin, and the director of This Mountain Life, all the same all, name.
2: Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They're all the same person. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not to be Christ. confused with Eric Robbins, who I was just talking about, who gave us the Sisu uh, medical update. But I, 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 I'm not sure that uh, Grant Baldwin actually made that. He might have just commissioned that mm. for another film that he had made. He's True. the director of Just Eat It. He and his wife make films. Uh, I had Brian watch Just Eat It uh, a number of years ago. You, you, you tricked me. I did. It wasn't nice.
1: I felt bad because I, I liked the movie. <laughs> Did you you remember the (laughs)
2: Sabre?
1: Anderson assigned it to me without telling me the fucking director of the movie assigned it to us. Uh, The
2: the two filmmakers who are actively involved in the movie.
1: Well, because my review was, yeah, I like the movie. Honestly, the weakest (laughs) part was the two people who were filming themselves (laughs) eating.
2: It's a great movie about... Supremely unlikable.
1: I didn't say that. I said the weakest part.
2: (laughs) Just Eat It is a a very interesting documentary that we're not covering today, but it is all about uh, this couple that uh, ventures out on... Much like uh, Morgan Sporlux Super Size Me. They venture out on uh, sustaining themselves only on expired food. And like I told Grant when I just talked to him last week, and I brought it up on the the show plenty of times, I still use some of the tricks Mm. most... most often I use the uh, the egg, expired egg trick. And if you have like eggs that like expired yesterday or something, I'll do it a week later. Because we don't get to a whole lot of eggs in the house.
1: It's floating,
2: right? Yeah, you drop it in some water, like a glass of water. If it sinks, you're good to go. If it floats, that's, that's when you know it's... I don't even know what you do with an expired egg. You freeze it? Like, you can't throw it in the trash. Throw it to the neighbor. Chuck, Chuck it the, the neighbor. Dog. It fact,
1: smells so bad. It is rotten. I mean, it has a rotten smell. But he
2: and his wife have made uh, a new one called... This mountain life actually has been out for a couple years now. And the weakest part
1: available. was about them trying they're to, they're not you know, in it at all.
2: Mountain. I'm excited to talk to you about this mountain life. I'm excited to talk to the listeners about this mountain life and everyone can watch it if you're a prime member and it's, it's streaming right there. Very accessible, goes down smooth. What a fucking movie. So we'll talk about that in a bit. That's all. And then we will uh, we'll also talking about the little mermaid, I guess. Mm.
1: Mm. Thank you for not calling it the big sexy movie of the week.
0: And
2: beanpole.
1: Also big sexy.
0: Or the big mermaid. That would have been equally offensive. What else am I am
1: I flick And I, I got something else. You said Oz. Oz man. Lynch. Oz. Oh yeah, Lynch Oz. Oh Lynch Oz. Fuck okay.
2: to the yes. All right, so more about <laughs> yes. Fuck to the yes. Lynch Oz. Okay, we'll talk about all of those movies. Uh, let's get to little fanfliction.
1: Yeah, what are the listeners seeing?
2: Fanfiction.
1: What are the fans of the show seeing?
0: Compiled listeners by the Mitch Burns. At we this had, point, uh,
1: this long enough. They're, they're fans.
0: Only two reviews of Little uh, Mermaid. Oh, first one from Dana Hubble Minzy. Little Mermaid, very good. (laughs) Succinct. That sounded like a Brian review. Colonel Bluegrass on Twitter. The wife wanted to go see The Little Mermaid, so I stayed home and jammed toothpicks under my fingernails instead. Wow. (laughs) Rude. Rude. Uh, But potentially accurate. Kurt
1: Graver. That's not much of a
0: review. (laughs) On Facebook. (laughs) He didn't even see it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. That wasn't a great review.
0: Oh, I'm excited. Kurt Graver on Facebook, Fast X, Jason Momoa is the reason to see this, but it is not worth 2.5 hours of my time. I heard, I, I disagree, Kurt. This is not good. and I ultimately was Just rooting. Just read, Henry. please editorialize. <laughs> this is not good, and I ultimately was rooting for Momoa to destroy the family. <laughs> How could you
2: not? That's what I think I would be doing. That's right. Take out the kid. Oh please! There's a top please five kill the there where you hate the the protagonist so much that you find yourself rooting uh, yes. for the antagonist. It's a mouthy, wordy title of a, of a topic, but uh, I like it.
1: Most Marvel movies, most Marvel films.
2: I, I tend to agree. Oh. If it's not Spider Man, I want to see them all die. Mm.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's why I loved End That's right. Whichever that's one it was
1: Thanos is the hero.
2: Yeah, he really was. And I'm not <laughs> in, saying in, that jest. In infinity just. War. He really kind of was. Like for the planet's right. sake. That's right. I'm a fan He's of the planet. A
0: principal villain. I like that Mother Nature. I feel okay. like she needs needs a
1: fight some break.
0: Antonio Pena on Twitter: "It ain't over." It was great, informative, sweet, and touching. Got a little dusty at the end. Worth watching in the theater for baseball fans, not just Yankee fans. Uh, succession finale. Need to watch again, but please cover it on the next episode. Love to hear the guys uh, what the guys thought, but not you, bald. Should we wow.
2: do you and I do I like a little spoiler? It. I oh, uh, watched it. No, no, you didn't. We, we heard actually. from your wife how you wandered in at one point and said, "Why is there a sticker?" No, like, I was. On,
1: I was on the couch. I didn't remember. I mean, the it, it, you it,
2: didn't, it, didn't remember the sticker? You I didn't, remember didn't the the sticker. watch sticker. Brian? You didn't watch this? I uh, watched most. Uh, of. You can you can join us if you like, but watched I think we should of. do like
0: a, uh, a ten minute little like. Uh, was a Patreon. bonus only. I mean, for the end of the great one of the greatest shows in recent memory. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler.
1: No, let's get back to. You mean no? That's fine. Well, Let's TV get ball. back to uh, who was that listener who just uh, Antonio Pena, uh, Mr. Pena. Well, what did he say about it and over? He said
0: it was great, informative, sweet, and touching.
1: You know what? I saw it as well. I agree, and we'll be we'll be discussing that probably next week or the week after.
0: All right. Very, very good. Very very good. Ken Cunningham on Twitter: This weekend I watched the Five Came Back Ooh. documentary series and its companion films. What? What does that mean? There's like 30 of them. That's a great question. <laughs> Powerful and heartbreaking. Everyone needs to sit down and be made to watch George Stevens' Nazi concentration camps. I still
2: need to see that. However, uh, Five Came Back, I can sign off on. It is a great uh, miniseries. I read the book beforehand, which is also fantastic. Apparently, it's out of print. I was going to buy it for, for a friend just recently, and like the cheapest one I could find was on Amazon used. And it was like 150 bucks. Oh my. So I'm like, I, I don't know if my friend would appreciate it enough.
1: What is the book um, called?
2: It's called Five Came Back, and it's about five of the top... Oh, it was directors the at title, the time. Yeah. Uh, Houston, uh, Stevens, uh, What's his face
1: from uh, A Beautiful Life, Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah,
2: Capra. yeah. What, Capra. Capra. Uh, eh,
1: Ford oh, and uh, Ford, yeah. And there's
2: a fifth one that I'm drawing a blank on right now. He's probably the biggest. Anyways, the five of them uh, De- dropped. De Palma? No. No. Way, way after. Uh, De Palma came way after. But uh, they they all dropped their, their very lucrative Hollywood PTA. careers.
0: <laughs> and
2: <laughs> enlisted, essentially, and went and started making propaganda films uh, during World War II. And it really shaped the second half of their careers in, in every uh, respect. It's very, very good. It's a great history of cinema as well. Uh, big heavy hitters, even though I'm drawing a blank here all these years later, but yeah, to watch all of their companion films is, uh,
0: that's, uh, that's quite the undertaking. I don't Diablo Cody. Right, five came back. Five
1: came back. you're hurting the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Bobby obvious on Instagram. You heard. my feelings. William Wyler. Oh,
2: okay. That makes sense. Oh, Mr. Wyler. Not Billy Wilder, but
0: William Wyler. All right, go ahead. Start you over. heard my feelings. Start just start
2: over. I, I trampled.
0: <coughs> bobby obvious on instagram you hurt my feelings a very small stakes relatable dramedy that fills the woody allen hole in today's films this is clearly for all the mommies out there i can't believe this already came out this was on my top five list for summer and
2: uh i need to see it there i need you to see it it's already it's already been released eh? Mm. Mm. i was busy up in san francisco this weekend if you uh, oh. if you must know is that code <clears throat> my buddy uh brian border uh <laughs> And uh, Paul Harper uh, invited me up. It was kind of like a birthday thing. And nice. uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a surprise. We went out to dinner. They dragged me. Brian uh, dragged me to San Jose. Oh, and cheap, I was, from San Francisco. And I was furious.
1: Oh, my. That's a haul. But it
2: was fun. It was it was really fun ripping on him because we have that kind of relationship. So I was just ripping on on the entire car for, for bringing me out there. I'm like, what the f-? We're almost halfway back home now.
1: You're like, I just drove through here yeah, an hour and a half. Ago. I,
2: I had. <laughs> and then we get to a restaurant. And he's fucking with me, telling me this vegan fusion. And I'm like losing my mind. Like, they... A lot of people like to see me mad, right? That's right. And then it turned out that it was a, uh, he's all right, dinner was over and it's like, all right, let's go have some drinks around here. And he says, why don't you check your email? Checked my email and uh, there was my ticket for Duran Duran that night right around the corner from where we're eating. So we went to the SAP Center and watch Duran Duran and it was that. fucking glorious. So thank you very First much. First time you've
1: seen them since when?
2: Since I've only seen them once before. And it was, it was once in three. your life. Yeah. yeah. Your favorite band you've seen once in your life. I liked them when I was very young and then got into punk rock and kind of turned my back wow. on them for a number of years. And uh, yeah, so I, I, saw them once, maybe 20 years ago and it was like only three of the guys. That so. is hard to believe. This was four of the guys. Andy's still not a part of the pro, uh, part of the band, which I'm fine with, but yeah, Nick's still got it. I mean, they're not like doing somersaults or anything. He's got a bit of a belly, but he doesn't care. He's wearing a tight black t-shirt all right. Oh, it was a good time. Thank you very much, Mr.
1: Border. Did they play all the songs? Was there a song you would hope they would yeah, play? Yeah, of course. They didn't. I
2: mean, my two favorite songs uh they didn't play because they're a little more uh
1: off the off the uh, yeah, The sets. chauffeur
2: is probably my favorite song of all time. The chauffeur by Duran Duran. It's they like play the it? most moody. No. Oh. But they did open up with a very obscure song from their first album that was not a single, which I was very surprised by and I loved it too. Because Chic opened up for him, and Sheik was playing all these uh the, these uh, covers and getting, you know, it was the most '80s night you could imagine. Sure, sure. And then Duran Duran came out, and that, the crowd was still feeling it and ready to go, right? And then they played this really moody uh, song about a boat from the first album that no one really knows, right? So What did they
1: close with? What are they? Did they come Rio, back they, the closed, they closed. with Rio. Yeah, sure. Which I
2: actually appreciated for
1: the first time in my life. I think
2: <laughs> it's a very complex song when you see it live. A lot going on with that song.
1: Nice. Right. They play Ordinary World. Yes, they did. Oh,
2: but you know what? Ordinary world was kind of ruined <laughs> because uh, Simon went on like a, I'm not kidding, like a three minute, Simon Lebon, three minute diatribe about uh, what's going on in the Ukraine and how it's in bad. In the middle of the song? No, right, oh. be right before the song and how it should be an ordinary world. Like that was, the whole lead up was about how Putin's bad, things are are, are not ordinary or good in the Ukraine right now and uh, it should be more like this and then they bust into ordinary world. Oh, wow. But my favorite guy, Nick Nick Rhodes was wearing like a, uh, the, the craziest you can imagine. It was just like blue and yellow and he looked like he was like straight out of the Willy Wonka <laughs> Chocolate Factory. Oh, it was good times. Oh, all right. So, yeah. Sweet. Thank you, Mr. Brian Border, for that. And uh, as I was telling you, Brian. Yes. There's you, Brian. That's right. There's better Brian, which is Brian McCauley. Okay. And then there's best Brian, which is Brian Border, but he spells his name correctly so he doesn't fall into the same Oh, interesting. Way. Yeah.
1: Can I at least be, if there's better and best, can I at least be good, Brian? You're just Brian. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it.
2: I'm trying to think of a bad word. You're bean pulper.
1: <laughs> I, I am kind of a Beanpole.
2: I need to keep the alliteration going.
1: Beanpole right.
2: All right. Where do we start?
1: Let's just go right into Beanpole. No.
2: Why don't you start with the, the big, sexy, little
1: little. Don't mermaid. say it. Well, don't say it. I know.
0: It's highly wrong. anticipated.
1: <laughs> the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Not sexy, but in theaters now. 2023 film directed by Rob Marshall. Uh, you might know him from Chicago. Starring Holly Halle Holly Bailey, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Jonah Howard King, Javier Bardem, David the voices of David Diggs, Jacob Tremblay, and Aquafina. It's Aqu- Holly
2: ba- Bailey. That's what I said. Not not to be confused with Halle Berry.
1: Well, that's funny you mentioned that because as soon it as has the credits to be... as soon as the credits started to roll, uh, Chrissy leans over to me and goes, Who is Holly Berry? I didn't recognize her. I'm like, it's a different actress, you misread the name.
0: Hmm. I imagine a lot yeah, those of those have do. to be related. She has to be no nope. right? different last name. How would you be related? in terms of I feel like is she young enough to have been named after? Oh, Halle I imagine Barry, so.
1: Is what I'm saying. I mean, that's a yeah, she's a famous act. Anyway, well, I don't know the I don't know the history of Holly Bailey. 68% of Rotten Tomatoes is in theaters now. What do you guys think of this movie? 68 seems high. I actually think it's just about right. Okay, so while this is by no means a great movie, it's honestly it's a movie. Ho- It is a movie, (laughs) undoubtedly. You can Uh, see
0: it in theaters. It is a
1: remake, or I guess a reboot, a reimagining of the 1989 animated classic uh, that really kind of turned things around for Disney, uh, at least in terms of Disney animation. um, And this is the live action slash CGI uh, adaptation of the original Hans Christian Andersen story. And now while this is by no means a great movie, it's hard for me to imagine anyone in just good faith, good conscience, giving this a negative review. Like, it's perfectly above average. It's a three-star movie. There's not too much not to like about it. There's not too much to get excited about. There's just, it's, it's enjoyable, entertaining for the kids. There's, this is, I'm not gonna say critic-proof, because that's not true. There are weaknesses, number one. It's dark. And I don't mean like dark in tone. Like it's dimly lit, especially for the underwater scenes. And I said that to Christy. I'm like, that movie was... Hard to see sometimes. That's just your bad eyes. I'm like, no, I don't think it is. Uh, and I read a uh, Variety article that was summarizing a bunch of reviews. You're reading wow.
2: articles about this movie after the fact, well, Brian. I was Looking
1: up uh, box office stuff, but uh, reading an article uh, from Variety and said uh, many of the uh, critiques have centered around the dim lighting, among other things. And yeah, yes. it is hard. It is un, un unnecessary. That. There were a lot of
0: critiques about how dark Little Mermaid was.
1: That's right. Unnecessarily, because, the, because he doesn't get it. I don't think I didn't he, hear he, what you said. because of the lead. What?
0: Yeah, because she's
2: she's oh, skin. Yes. That's the other. Did the thing, hair? So, did the right? hair on the back of your neck stand up when you read somebody saying that you were right? Essentially, did you get so excited? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: not just that's the only hair I got left, and yes, it completely uh, <laughs> went erect. Uh, and funny you should mention the. uh We all know the the, the controversy if uh, as it is. I don't. Okay, well, uh, there are people who uh, take their Little Mermaid very seriously. A lot of conservative pundits mm. who uh, think that the Little Mermaid has no business being a woman of color oh. uh, because, uh, I guess, Ariel. Historically,
0: the original mermaids Hans were always Anders. black.
1: Sure, of course. We're white. The Hans Christian Andersen version described her as very light. So they
2: took a, a break from the uh, the Hamilton message boards and went over to yeah, the yeah. Mermaid but for a second. This is their yes. new ire. This is their
1: target of their ire. And it's funny because the movie, I, I, I even cynical my my most cynical um, uh, nature uh, even came out and thought to myself, oh god, they have to, they have to they jam you know uh, uh, whatever um, representation everywhere, even in places god where it I hope doesn't we don't matter. God, we've
2: evil listeners who are just going to take this. This what? clip and oh, yeah. jam it down. Sure, sure. You're looking at
0: one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I, uh, I thought that you know, in my worst uh, moments. And then I re- in, the, in the movie they actually give us uh, a lot of context, which is, and I don't believe I don't know how familiar you guys are with the original animated 0%. film. Zero
0: percent. Oh, the original.
1: It's yeah, fine. Oh, I inappropriate
2: I penises on the cover.
1: I don't believe they said this in the movie, but they make it explicit here. Uh King Triton has like a, a whole bunch of daughters, including Ariel. You know, oh, a whole bunch no, mermaid no. daughters, and they are in this movie. This movie, the uh, daughters of the seven seas, right? Mm-hmm. They're the princesses of the seven seas. So when they all come together, she came from the Black Sea. When they all come together, it's ready different. Well, I'm not. not making jokes. Well, no, though. no, you're right. They're, they come from the different regions of the world. Uh-huh. So there's like a very Do they have a pale. Redwood? blonde one who's obviously like Norwegian of some sort and uh, Ariel is actually the uh, princess of the, like the Caribbean mm-hmm. and and they go to like an Island an unnamed Island, but it's, it's clearly Haiti or Jamaica or one of those, you know, that's,
2: that's, that makes it even worse. How dare this movie try and represent actual human beings that I know.
1: live around the, the globe. The diversity of a global population ah, should have taken place just- in Denmark. That's right, Hans Christian Andersen. Mm-hmm. Could I get, just just stay with what like you know, Disney? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, there's initial music in here. All all the original songs, all the songs you know and love. You know, uh, Under the Sea, Kiss the Girl. The <laughs> Kiss the Girl uh, uh, sequence is quite lovely. It's quite fun and uh, enjoyable. Did you get dusty uh, in this? No, no, it's not that kind of movie. Um, hmm. It's pretty silly. But there are additional songs by Lynn Manuel Miranda, so that's enjoyable. Um, the theater just for, uh, just for exhibition, it was, was probably two thirds full at like one o'clock on a Friday, majority five Wait. to 13 year old girls well,
2: on a f- school still in session. What's going yeah.
1: on? No, the, these are girls that either skipped, got out early, had a day off or whatever. You, like you this a was import- Yeah. We, go around to we were took her out of school. We were oh, in the school. Oh yeah. You were on vacation. We were on vacation. Okay. vacation. okay. Um, so uh, I was a road, it was a road game for us. Um, aforementioned uh, Melissa McCarthy, absolutely killed it. She's the uh, Momoa of this movie. Like She sunk her teeth into it. She was just the right level of over-the-top camp. Uh, Even Holly Bailey was fantastic. Great singer, enjoyed her very much. The guys, Javier Bardem and uh, Jonah Howard King, who I'm not familiar with, a little...
0: What's Javier doing? Because he seemed he
1: seemed chucked out. out for much of the movie. Like he was really just there for a paycheck.
2: Now it wouldn't be the first time I've seen Javier kind yeah. of like a fish out of water.
0: Oh really? Didn't he already yeah. do this for pirates? Didn't he already do this kind of undersea bullshit? Was you know he what? the villain in
1: five now, or something? Now I have a vague recollection. Maybe you can look it up every Javier Bardem was, was in like a kid's movie that Tessa watches on Netflix. I'm like, what the fuck is Javier Bardem doing in this movie? He's <laughs> one of our finest actors and he's slumming it with like kids movies. Hmm. Anyway, so,
2: so there's that
1: and it's also too long it's it at two hours and 21 minutes jeez it, it, it's it's far the original Two Toothpicks remember, do feel pretty good no country now. for old men that's the one no that's the one she's obsessed with right now the uh <laughs> the original one was like 88 minutes like it's brisk and what this are the one, songs
2: going longer are there more songs no
1: in fact there are a couple yeah. more, more
2: story like they obviously like, they spent a long time explaining the different seas and the different regions no, of the, I'm very of brief, the world
1: actually they, they they did cut out uh they actually cut out the entire remember the song subplot where uh sebastian the crab is being trying to be cooked by the french chef he's the not french trying chef to be is he's a, he, trying to be a voice he's, absur- yes, he's, he's absurd he's uh, obsessed with the with the crab and he wants to cook yes. the crab cut out entirely mm-hmm. yeah.
2: right you you let off with uh review the, the review saying that it was very middling and it's really
1: no it isn't middling i said, said well, it's well, right, not great it's there's not no, great no, It's no, no, really no, nothing
2: it, oh, you said above average? Yes. All right. Three-star movie. It was like neither here nor there. It's kind of like what did you expect? It's kind of, kind of just, it sounds very well, I, and I, what Well, my point is, is there's mm-hmm. so many movies that you go to see and it seems like that's almost like a positive in
0: your eyes. Did, did, it, oh, that did it do what Lion King did where it was just like a shot for shot remake? No. In, a, just... in a
1: lot of ways, yes. In some ways, no. But I will say that in the context of your kid may want to see this. This will not be a waste of your time. You can sit and watch it with them, and you're not going to be like, you know, miserable and offended at how dumb it is. It's good. It's fine. It's above average. It's not great. I don't see this even, I don't know, maybe a special facts award, Oscar nomination. <laughs>
0: you're your top 10 at the end. No, year. no. It'll no, be like up for song. I or something.
1: Like, yeah, I yeah. It'll yeah, be in
0: the
2: top 10 at, at the end, end, of, the of, the end of the year. But, uh, Rotten Tomatoes might do something difference though so it might like actually escalate that's some true for reason and, and then that could change everything in oh yeah
1: uh, depending pending on the, mm-hmm. you know for the Do you remember movie. when
2: nope just was not nope uh it was uh the uh, the first one uh get puss. out
1: okay
2: get out was just uh, out of nowhere was brian's number one movie of the year
1: <laughs> oh i love that's a great movie. out of
2: fucking nowhere it was so bizarre
1: it was the, nowhere, it was the, out
0: the fact it was a great movie the original puss in boots
2: okay all right Oh, I'm glad we uh, did that Thank you Brian I feel like the show Is a service And it is To uh, people with, with with kids And I still Like if I'm, I'm listening I'm imagining that You know Atticus is kind of Tugging at my shirt Saying daddy daddy I mean, It's a bizarre world That I'm imagining But like he's asking me About this movie And I'm sidestepping mm-hmm. it And I just heard your review I still have no idea okay. If I should go or not
0: <laughs> You know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I still don't I, I have that, not been sold. This, so
1: with this one way or the movie, other. with this movie, you're probably in a self selling example. Like your kid is dragging you to see this or they don't give a shit. In which case you're off the hook. And this is a perfectly streamable movie. This is a great way to kill two and a half hours on a Saturday if it's raining. Uh this will come out, I assume, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So uh you could do much, much, much worse.
0: Okay. Check it out in September when it comes yeah, to Disney. No, Plus.
1: completely.
2: Woo. All right, what do we want to move on to? They you want to get the bends and move on to Beanpole? Oh no,
0: I don't know if I can do that. Do we want to take a break before we? You know what? I'll do a Beanpole.
2: I'll do mine, uh, which Brian has not seen, and then uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll do the two that we have seen together. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Lynch Oz. We all remember uh, Room 237, right?
1: Yes. I don't know what that is.
2: And it involved mermaids? Room 237 was. F- a really fantastic look at The Shining and uh, there was an, a number of uh, directors, filmmakers, artists, the five of them I believe uh, all speaking to what they think The Shining really is. You're joking when you see it, you don't remember. Yeah, of
1: course I remember. We, we, I think it was a lot more than five, but I, I can't be... I believe be,
2: there was five different theories everywhere, everything from like the, uh, it was Kubrick's uh, <laughs> uh, announcing to the world that he faked the moon landing <laughs> to, uh, it was, it was uh, all about uh, <clears throat> Ameri- Native American genocide.
1: Sure. Some are a bit far-fetched, but then a few minutes Native Sense, if
2: you made sense the woman believed that it was all about minotaurs somehow and she actually made a compelling argument that was a whole lot of fun however it was completely like you know Looney Tunes for the most part um, now we got one called Lynch <laughs> that was a whole lot of fun it, it really was I watched it like twice I think in the same same weekend um, the, the director of The People vs. George Lucas which we both liked quite oh, a that bit that was great he also did Memory, The Origins of an Alien, which I absolutely loved. Great. I think yeah. you liked, liked it as well. I might um, have assigned that to you. And he did... No, you did not. I think I did. I believe you did not. Uh, what else did he do? Hey, well, here he is now doing Lynch Odds, which is very similar to the format that was used for Room 237. However, this one's much more rooted in reality, I think. So it's a take. it's a look at how David Lynch has been influenced by the wizard of oz more than anything else through all of his movies okay and they have a number of directors talking are, about are
1: it. they reaching here or is this like an actual thing
2: there's a little reaching it's people that are smarter than me um uh, alexander o philippe uh is the, the director i hope i'm saying that that correctly and you got it's broken into chapters there's five six chapters and it goes with uh, amy nicholson and then rodney asher who directed he does chapter two he's the one who directed Uh, Room 237, strangely enough. Uh, And then we got John Waters doing Chapter 3. And then we have uh, Karen uh, Kusama, who uh, does Chapter 4. She's a filmmaker. And then Justin Benson, along with uh, Aaron Moorhead, uh, they do Chapter 5. They split that. And then David Lowery, my boy, uh, does Chapter 6, which is entitled Dig. And... They're talking about their own work at times, and they're talking about how it all always goes back to The Wizard of Oz, like I said. And at first, they're kind of...
1: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Can I come up with breaking news? So I wouldn't do this. It wasn't important. Uh, I assigned you memory, uh, or, uh, okay. uh, The Origins of Alien, back in uh, uh, April of 2020.
2: I think you probably have your. We notes gambled.
1: Wrong. That was during COVID. Those were our first COVID. I love
2: memories, so this doesn't. This and, my memory uh, does not serve. We gambled
1: on. Have you seen Doctor Strangelove?
2: Doesn't make make any sense. That you would assign me a movie that's that good that I would like that much. Sorry, and it's not it has nothing to do with music. If I, I
1: know. Yeah, no it upsets you.
2: All right. So at first they're kind of. It seems like they're reaching uh, at times. Let me also say that the opening of this, I guess, it's the filmmaker standing on stage with a curtain behind him, and it's just the way that it's shot. I was like, because I got a screener of this, mm. and I wasn't sure I was going to watch it. I, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was before I even looked up the director, like what he had directed. I and once I looked up the director, I'm like, oh, I have to watch this no matter how bad it gets. I have to get to the end of this because of those <laughs> other movies. The opening. Um, is it, it It concerned me a lot. It okay. just looked very flat. It looked cheesy. They were using, I know what they're going for. They are going for that David Lynch, uh, twin peaks look, which is kind of flat and surreal. And the worst way to use that, that word, I guess just, you know what I'm talking about? Like the David Lynch, like some of the modern techniques that he uses mixed with the old techniques. Sometimes it looks really cheesy, but it's David Lynch. Hmm. They're doing that with I this. Noticed that. And, I was like, oh no, is that the filmmaker on stage with the curtain behind him? Oh God, and then the curtain opens and I'm like, what are we watching here? But then it gets, and then it finds its groove right after that. So do not be afraid, do not be scared of the opening of this. It, what ends up happening is a very, very interesting conversation from six different, seven different uh, people who are very well-spoken, they understand film very well, and it's not like, it's not popcorn. It's not jumping all around. They mm. each get their own chapter and they each bring something different to the, the program. And it's really interesting to talk about, I think the yellow brick road and the wizard of Oz. Did
1: you mention the filmmakers involved?
2: Yeah, I named all of them, okay, including I, David I Lowry, who uh, did the uh, ghost, ghost world. That's right. He actually ghost admits world. A, ghost, a ghost story. <laughs> he actually admits in this Uh, that you know he he grew up loving Spielberg as so many people did and he directs actors to just look with awe into the sky which is a Spielberg shot and he says that he's still what this movie comes down to a lot is about influence and like artist influence and inspiration where it comes from and uh, of course Wizard of Oz so many people can pull from Wizard of Oz because it really is like the ultimate coming of age story right and it's Mm. the ultimate like yeah story not even in, in a sexual way but like we're all like, you know, in our house and we have our comforts, but then we have to go and become adults and like go out in that crazy world of yep. all the insanity. And like, that's sure. That's what Lynch is always trying to get at. Cause he's terrified of becoming an adult still. I think as many of us are, we're, you know, all the unknowns. And, uh, so it is also interesting, you know, with the AI conversations that continue to, um, deepen as the days go by. And it's like, what, what is AI and like who AI is just pulling off of other human beings, experiences who sure. should be probably be compensated. And, so ultimately, if you liked Room 237, you're going to get a lot out of this. Uh, just language of film and, and, and the way people talk about movies, if nothing else, but uh, the inspirations, the narrative threads, interesting themes when uh, thought of in conjunction with the AI discussions, like I said, that continue to gather steam. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it went down pretty smooth, but was challenging when it needed to be, which was throughout, because David Lynch is so
1: challenging. Oh, you goddamn saw this You saw this in theaters. No, I got a screen. Either way, it's in theaters now.
0: This might be a dumb question. If you are not uh, well-versed in all of David Lynch's uh, catalog... And you're still trying to catch up on time. Is this going to spoil it? Will this, uh, pique the interest and inspire you to go out and watch more David Lynch? I think it
2: might give you a better footing because his movies are. So I love something from every single David Lynch movie I've seen with the exception of maybe inland empire, which is just too challenging for me. And I hate the format, which was shot on video, not even high def, if I recall, Hmm. but, uh, I have not seen all of his twin peaks. I've not seen all of either of the twin peaks. My parents loved it when I was, you know, younger, um, but every single one of his movies and his short films, I've seen all of those multiple times, uh, and I can't access a lot of it. And I think seeing this first and then maybe watching a David Lynch movie afterwards, it might give you a a little... Because they draw a lot of parallels for you. They connect a lot of dots. Some of them might be right. Some Mm -hmm. of them might be wrong. I don't know. Either way, David Lynch is is like one of a kind. And I, I usually give him a pass. Whereas a lot of surrealist filmmakers, I do not give a pass to, but I always got the sense that David Lynch knows exactly what he's doing and he can't help himself. Uh, He can't help but make the movies that he's not, he's not deliberately drawing outside the lines. I don't think, I think that he's actually, that's how his mind works and that's what he does. And Mm -hmm. this, it comes from a joyful place and an an expressive place. And he's trying to figure things out. I think he's trying to figure out life through telling stories. Uh, And, I see a lot of surrealist films and you know, too, Brian like Avery, like like the quirky films that are quirky for the sake of course. Like, yeah. like even groupers, like when I made groupers, I made sure that every single character in there was based on something I had seen or something that meant something to me. Even like my crazy character Talky, like that comes from who's a mute that comes from an mm-hmm. actual guy who I had seen for. And a lot of the stuff that winds up in Lynch's movies are from actual dreams that he had or, from his interpretation of the wizard of Oz and it turns out from the time he was a child. What's, what's fun too is that at first they're trying to pick up the crumbs and like you know, they're, they're showing an interview with Lynch, like and he's in his workshop or something. And then they zoom in and there's like a eight by 10 printout of, uh, Judy, or or actually a scene, a a shot from wizard of Oz, like pinned up in his work. So obviously that's before you really get to the crux that he openly loves the wizard of Oz. And, it's already known my favorite movie of his is wild at heart. And like, that's very on the nose. It's very, and it's then it's suggested later on that Mulholland drive, which I mistakenly thought was Mulholland falls. Cause I, mm-hmm. a lot of people fucked that up and Giovanni let me know a couple weeks ago. That was a, that was a, a fuck up on my part, but, uh, Mulholland the, an argument's made that Mulholland Drive is even more about The Wizard mm. of Oz and inspired by The Wizard of Oz than Wild at Heart is, which actually has you know, a whole lot of language from, from the, I don't know if you remember, but no. they're talking about there's a fairy godmother in there, there's a wicked witch in there. Interesting. Uh, they never a,
1: put that together.
2: Well, I mean, it's all there. If you're watching it, there's, yeah. no, there's no denying it because it's so on the nose when you're watching it. Well, right?
1: I mean, I don't remember that from when I saw it fucking years ago.
2: Well, you need to watch it multiple times because it's that, it's that good of a movie.
1: I My God, is that Wild at Heart great? I got to revisit it. Honestly,
2: I love it so. Maybe, uh, much. Maybe I'll watch it on. I love it so much. Yeah, so I, I recommend this to film lovers. Uh, you don't even have to be a David Lynch uh, aficionado. I think it'll give you a, a, a better understanding, and I know it did for me for sure. All right. Like there's this. They got this one uh, excerpt from him. I was kind of hoping he would show up because you know it's a bunch of filmmakers. I'm yeah. sure that he was involved to some extent. I would have liked to have him to to shown up uh, maybe for chapter seven to kind of admit to, this, to, come clean with some stuff. That would have, I think, made this a great movie in my Clares mind. some
1: himself up, address some rumors.
2: But there's a clip uh, from The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, of all people, and it's when Lynch is on there promoting one of his movies, and he goes, he's just in the middle of the interview, he goes, I'd just like to say hello to my friend Judy. Uh, hello, Judy, I know you're out there. and. And uh, Leno, who's completely sure. clueless, as, as most people would be. I think if I was interviewing Lynch, I don't think I would have connected the dot. And he's like, uh, "Is it an open-ended relationship? You got here, <laughs> and all this." But you know, it, it is just so funny watching David Lynch saying hi to like Judy Garland, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, because he holds it so close to his heart. That's that, that movie. perfect
1: kind of movie that would seep in, like in childhood, right, and like grab a hold of you. Especially, I imagine the man grew up in the nineteen. 1930- Fifties,
2: probably, in a very idealistic yeah. uh, Midwest, right? Yeah. I mean, he is the the epitome. Uh, Boise Idaho is where he was born, and I know he spent a lot of time in Manhattan. And mm-hmm. then when he when he was young, he went to Philadelphia, and that's where the nightmares started to come. Oh, no. His dreams turned to nightmares when he saw the underbelly of society for the first time in Philadelphia, and that's where he Razorhead was born. Oh boy. Very interesting, but I mean the man's a mad genius. Obviously, Speaking of I don't think there's, there's any denying that. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of watch-alongs, we just did the Beastmaster last week, and I think uh, I think it went over pretty well. That was enjoyable. I think it was. Yeah, that's right. Children were thrown into the fire. Children were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. All right, so yeah, Lynch was Something else I was gonna say about it. I could you know go on and on. Let me see my notes a <laughs> minute. Come on, Lynch <laughs> Oz. Awesome. Yeah, I just wrote down. Uh, and David Lowery, what I was starting to say is he actually admits that the idea, <laughs> the idea for a ghost story, um, I don't know if the idea, but like he, he says, I continue to pull from E.T. with my movies today. And then they cut the, oh,
1: cause the covered, Halloween scene. Because he's covered in a blanket.
2: And he's dressed up to look like a ghost. And then a ghost story, he looks mm. much like uh, E.T. as e. a ghost. Well, actually, E.T. was, the yeah, whatever. There was a ghost in that scene. I think that... Yeah, yeah, one of the kids. He was dressed treating. like a girl, I think.
1: Yeah, and put it inside of I think a, yeah. Drew Barrymore might have Actually, been no, I think... Was he both? Anyway, whatever, who gives a shit? I just thought.
2: Mm. But yeah. Very interesting, very fun. I, I recommend uh, you check that out. I wish it was streaming right now, but...
1: I think he was a ghost for Halloween, but they, they got him out by dressing him as, as like a lady.
2: Mm-hmm. Like got Could him out right.
1: of from the feds.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think he might be right. I don't know, I just saw the clip. I wish that I remembered it, mm. but the brain is... Uh, it's decrepit. You need food? <laughs> well, I was on the road for like twelve oh God, hours over true. the course of thirty-six hours. <laughs> oh wow. That's was a lot to you, yeah.
1: Plus Duran Duran thrown in there.
2: And Duran Duran, yeah, that'll blow your mind. <laughs> no, unexpected. <laughs> unexpected Duran Duran uh, concert, yeah.
1: All right, take a break? Let's do that. Not sure why we're doing this, but uh, break time and then we'll come back with a little bean pole, little dismount. going to pay the
2: bills there, remember Next.
1: What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a
2: whole lot of booze? (laughs) You get the goofiest game in history, Queen's Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Nathan. deserving of their time in the spotlight. Right. So come get to know these queens. Find us wherever you
0: get your podcasts. Cheers. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats
1: poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before.
0: Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know. Nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. It's both. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing
1: bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all. And that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home or your home away from home. So visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. Hey, we're back. You want to talk... Uh,
2: yeah, Lynch Oz. Lynch backslash. Slash. Lynch slash Oz. It's a little hard to find right now as far as the title, even on IMDb. So that's 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 the title. I'm, I know that sometimes we're, we're not great at saying the name of the movie, while going, especially when I, I just went on and on about it for so long. So Lynch Oz is the name of that one.
1: You want to talk a very fun movie or an even more fun movie?
2: Let's talk the funnest of fun.
1: All right. Beanpole yes. is a 2019 film directed by... Cantelier Belentov. Nailed it. Cantelier Belentov. Uh, I didn't bother writing down the uh, stars' names because I was having trouble even uh, writing it, and I feel like reading it would be a a, a bridge too far. 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I can stream this on Showtime, or you can rent it uh, as I did. This uh, is a Russian film. Mm -hmm. It was submitted for Oscar consideration. Mm -hmm. Did not... uh, earned Garner an Oscar nomination, but it uh, was not was, considered. Was, it was considered. It was not honored. It was there, there being Russia official entry. Apparently they didn't get co- the call. One country gets, uh, gets an entry. Well, one entry per uh, country.
2: Yeah. You can't have like uh, Canada taking up all the, uh, right.
1: <laughs> I don't believe Canada's eligible.
2: Of course they are. Victoria Miroshinchenko Miroshinchenko Do you think, uh,
1: do you think Blackberry should be up for best foreign film?
2: Mira, It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, international film, so yeah, why not? Victoria Miroshenchenko. Uh, oh, you're reading this, the names. Because they were great. They were great, but I, were I, was, great. I was intimidated. Vasilisa, 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 Paralegina, Paralegina. Uh, <laughs>
1: Someone remixed this into a song.
2: And then Andre Bykov, who I have to assume sounds was sounds just the, like
1: Google Translate,
0: That's
2: was right. Sasha in there, who was the boy who shows up for a minute here.
1: Tiago Luna.
2: Andre, Bike off, but yeah, the two lead females are fantastic. So, why don't you set up the story there, bri Bry?
1: Ooh, this is, a, this is a tough one. So, this takes place uh, at the end of World War II in uh, Russia, of course, and it, uh, it is set at a sort of ad hoc, makeshift military hospital. A lot of soldiers are recovering from mild to devastating injuries sustained in the battlefield. And Beanpole refers to uh, the titular character; that is her name, and nickname. <laughs> Uh, she is tall, very tall, very tall, very uh, thin, very lanky. out Trevor's lanky. Mm-hmm. She would be a star in the WNBA, but uh, not in 1945. Because there wasn't, there, there was no such thing, and uh, it's about them treating uh, it starts off with them treating uh, soldiers. There's a sort of weathered doctor who's sort of seen it all, and he can't wait to get back to his regular life after this uh, horrificness. And uh, this is I, from
2: Nick eats cake. I don't know if you set that up. I did not. Thank N- you for Nick saying that. We eats said it earlier,
1: but didn't say it this time. Nick eats cake uh, assigned this to us, and yes, a character uh, from their from Beanpole's past uh, comes back into the frame yes. and uh, complicates things.
2: Yes. Yeah. So. I loved the construct of the story that was inspiring, I, I almost want to say, uh, as far, and I, and I have to do this because I think it's the hook, if there is a hook for mm. this movie, but it's not set up until the hour point. And this movie is two hours and 19 minutes. This movie is... It feels uh,
1: much longer than Little Mermaid.
2: ...hard to uh, access. It's, mm. it's not very accessible. Um, there is a lot going for this movie. However, I think the best part of it is the construct of the story, which is this. Beanpole is early on in the movie. We see that she's with a little kid. Uh, she's watching. Turns out she's watching that little kid for her, like a like a toddler, like a, a three year old. In,
1: in a weird uh, juxtaposition, he has some kind of dwarfism. He's a very small child,
2: and she's she's and she's very tall. In charge of this kid because his mother is still at war or was still on the battle, mm-hmm. has not returned from war yet. And Beanpole, turns out, is not the greatest caretaker. Uh, she has
1: <laughs> She's a nurse who think she would be better.
2: She has these episodes where she just kind of loses consciousness mm-hmm. and does a lot of clicking.
1: Yeah, she does a lot of, uh, almost like a seizure.
2: Uh, yeah, it is seizure-like. And uh, one thing leads to another, and the child's no longer uh, around. And uh, it becomes known when her friend comes back, the mother is looking for the child, and she goes, well, that sucks, you now owe me a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's already been established that Beanpole... Hates sex so much that when she goes off with a young man who thinks that he might get some, he comes back bloodied with a broken arm. Mm. Turns out it didn't go well Jeez. with with uh, him and Beanpole. We didn't
1: see it. Well, Beanpole had a leverage, literally a physical leverage.
2: And so she hates the idea of sex, mm. at least with men, to the point that she she like it manifests
1: herself as physical. You
2: know, and piece. now her only way of making up for her her misdoing is to actually become impregnated for her friend, which she has to at least consider, and that is. Heavy shit. Mm. And that's a great jumping off point, but it takes an hour to get there with this movie. And I don't want to say that there's payoff, even though there is some stuff that sticks with that, but that's not necessarily where that story ends up going for very long. So beyond that, this movie is just one of the richest movies I've seen as far as texture Mm. goes, as far as color and the greens are just everywhere, right? The very first note I took was just so much green. There's just every scene has green and red, but Mm. mainly green all over it.
1: And there's also very little score, minimal score, almost none.
2: Now, beyond this movie, there's some really interesting things. And technically, like the other character, uh, I think her name's Masha, she gets uh, nosebleeds. Masha Masha and the bear. I don't know how the nose, how they time the nosebleeds, because mm. she'll be sitting there and it'll be like a long take, no cuts or anything, and all of a sudden her nose starts bleeding. That I'm like, was is impressive. It, did they write that in because <laughs> this actress just has nosebleeds or is what? there a how,
1: squib in her nose? How are they
2: doing that? <laughs> that 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 might have just been CGI. I don't know, but I, I I was fascinated by this. Here's, did you look up the director? I did not. <laughs> oh my god, that's the best part of this movie. Oh, I think. Please tell me. Imagine the director. I want you to. You've seen Beanpole. I have very very heavy subject matter. Sure. There was one laugh and I don't even think it was supposed to make you make, make you laugh. It just made me laugh. And it happened on the bus later Okay. with the bean bowl. Yeah, sure. Uh, devoid of, of levity. Right. I'm not even sure I'm getting, I think I'm missing a lot of the, the cultural references so, yeah, sure. because context, I'm yeah. not, yeah, the context is, is lost on me quite a bit. So I'm, I'm mainly just zeroing in on, on the set design and the the, the richness, like I said, of it, the stock, the footage and it, it looked great. Uh, Imagine the uh, the director. Like, do you even know if it's a male or a female?
1: Uh, no, I know that his or her name is Cantelier.
2: Okay. What, what does this person look like in your head? Just paint a paint a picture.
1: Oh, I actually, <laughs> probably resembles David Lowry a bit. I'm thinking maybe a mustachioed, uh, maybe uh, 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 burly.
2: Okay. I don't know if there's gonna be any payoff here at all, but okay. uh, good IMDb and just take a look at look at this. Oh. Look at hmm. this person. <laughs>
1: Hold on, wait. <laughs> Beanpole, Beanpole, fascinating. Let me look up. We'll the pay data. it off here in a second. Beanpole. Thanks for being
2: patient, everybody.
1: <laughs> I'm excited for this. Director, Kantemir.
2: I mean, oh, that's not who. That's not who you imagine.
1: No, that's a, that's a joyous uh, human being joyous young
2: boy who looks like mm. he's on his way to some kind of EDM concert or something. Uh, he
1: was at the Duran Duran show.
2: He could have been with somebody's kid at the Duran Duran show. This kid was born in 1991. He has no busy making a movie of this kind of heft. Uh, granted, he is Russian. Uh, God knows what kind of uh, you know things he saw that would relate back to this movie as it is set in Russia. But you would never guess that this fresh faced youngster God, I sound old and feel old as I say this, but look at this kid, 1991, he was born. And this isn't the first heavy movie he made. Nick Eats Cake was telling me about Closeness, which was his first movie. Uh, Nick has not been able to watch it as much as he likes Beanpole. He's not been able to sit down and watch Closeness because uh, it was very controversial at the time. Oh, that, really? That Cat, Cantamere, Canceling. the director.
1: Sorry, Cantamere. Yes, Cantamere. i that
2: um, included real life executions. Oh dear! In in, in the footage. Oh, so if you're going to sit down and watch Closeness, you get to watch uh, actual human beings uh, murder. I don't mind snuff. Mouth. Yes, it's an actual snuff, much like uh, Bowling for Columbine ends up being, because that is considered the most successful snuff film of all time. I, I saw a documentary okay. about that. And they they named it. it
0: was Bowling for Bowling for Columbine. Bowling
2: for Bowling for Columbine. So, anyways, uh, the kid's obviously a fucking genius, but. I, I was just kind of in awe. Like I, there's no way I could, I could even dream of making a movie like this. Cause there's such reserve there's, and it's fantastically acted and, and every frame looks amazing. Yes, it is. There's just so little going on, uh, on the surface. And I'm,
1: I was thinking, Oh, go ahead.
2: I'm I just, it's hard for me to even just sitting, talking to you every week. I just can't, I have such a hard time being reserved let alone when you have all that equipment and such great actors, and not to have them do something, <laughs>
1: Uh, I was observing this would have been a very tough watch in a theater. Oh yeah. Like I would have been trapped. <laughs> I would have wanted to escape. Uh, you might find this hard to believe, but um, I scored it very low on the fun scale. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't find, I don't find that hard to believe. Apparently also he walked off of uh, uh, the last of us. He was a director on the last of us uh, most recently. And apparently he had creator differences. Oh, he, he probably said, I don't want them to be running from anything. I want them just to be talking about mushrooms for a couple of hours and maybe uh try and smother one another at one point.
1: In addition to uh child death, there's also euthanasia and sexual assault.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy heavy film, guys. I don't know if we're selling anybody, but
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> but So far I can't think of a single reason one would see this film. There's Where's
1: one the- of the one of the least sexy nude shower scenes.
0: Yeah. And then, and then there's
2: I'm um, I'm thinking what what's also equally as unsexy, I think is when she's bathing by herself later when Masha is bathing by herself. Right? right. And, and uh, it's just, it, uh, <clears throat> so Masha. the, the so if you do sit down and watch it and you get as far as the child smothering scene, I, the direction that must've been happening off screen was so fucking effective for the child death scene, which you know, where does this show take us? You never know, right? Here we are talking about a child death scene. That's right, being very effective. The little kid's hand and what it's doing, it's just so subtle, but works so well. And I yeah. was, There's a lot of great direction. There's a lot of great things going on here. Also, it could be some smoke and mirror, like look at this fresh face kid and he's doing a whole lot of nothing to great effect for some people, but I wasn't able to access it. So you just got to like say, maybe I don't get it, he's a genius. I, I don't know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is I there some
1: it. of that going on? It's all, it's tough because as much as I want to admire this movie and admit that it is, it's, it's good and it's effective and it's evocative, it's not enjoyable.
2: No, well, no, Brian, I mean, not every movie, we're going to continue to have this conversation year after year. I mean, movies aren't meant to be enjoyable every time. Hmm,
1: interesting. Theory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
2: it's, it's like reading an article in the newspaper. Like, are you reading it for it to be art? <laughs> interesting. Perfect,
1: perfect analogy.
2: I mean, it's not a bad analogy, right? It's
1: apt. See what I'm saying though? No.
2: It's not like every movie's a meal I and mean, like you well, even that, like you sit down, you have nothing but spinach and Brussels sprouts. You know, it's going to do great things for your body and even your mind, but it's not going to be enjoyable.
1: That's right. You can, you can acknowledge that a movie, a meal is well made, but it's not for you. But an article as well.
2: No. It, it helps you learn the world. It's, you know, see through other people's eyes and experience other people's existences, right? Yeah. And, right?
1: It's a tough watch. Tough watch. Well, that's been established. Tough watch. I
2: feel like everyone knows that much. Tough watch. I feel like everyone who's listening knows that it's a tough watch.
1: Bro. I, I had a hard time with this one.
0: <coughs> I'm running out to see
1: it. <laughs> is anyone going to watch
2: it? Is any <laughs> single person going to watch this because of what they just heard?
1: Yeah, I mean, you there have are to, people who listen to the show who are like, you know, finally some tragedy, some uh, yeah, some real film aficionados. And if there's one they're not familiar with and has been assigned, God damn it, they're going to see. It. Wait, Beanpole was uh, clicked through and uh, purchased this week. Oh no! Yeah. Well, I mean, that was before
2: we talked about it in
0: anticipation.
2: Uh, I should I should definitely be yelling. Ooh, look at this! The cinematographer is just as young looking. I would have never guessed these are, e- this, this, this either. She is very very young. She? she I don't know about that. She did uh, lens as uh, my buddy Greg Svasy would say. She uh, she was a cinematographer. She on
1: lensed the, this lens this movie,
2: The Last of Us, and she lensed Beanpole as well. And uh, I I don't I, it's it's one of the best looking movies I've seen in recent memory. It looks phenomenal. It looks fantastic. Well-made movie. You've seen uh, you. Gunda, you've seen Gunda? No, it's about as fun as this one. It's the Is black and the white movie the about the pig, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a smothering that happens, a, a child smothering that, a, a, a piglet smothering that happens early in Beanpole. I mean, uh, Gunda. They're, they're the same movie in my head in in many ways.
1: It's I got to start ranking movies on funness, like uh, an actual like codified funness scale.
0: I thought you've been doing that this whole
1: I, time. I informally, He's but been doing uh, it
0: forever. We just identified the fact that that's how we <laughs> that's
2: right. recently that's the only thing that's changed <laughs> all right let's talk about a movie that I, I don't know if you call this mountain life fun by grant baldwin listener by well, comparison considering
1: though. i saw it right after being pulled it was a lot of fun
2: <laughs> it's en- joyous it's eye-opening it's beautiful it's it's a lot of things, and That's it's not tragically, life. tragically it overlooked.
1: Is a 2018 documentary directed by Grant Baldwin. He, uh, uh, sharing a name with our, no, I did that bit. He, uh, he of the music you hear every time you fire up this podcast, 83% of Rotten Tomatoes, This streaming on Prime video. A brisk, no pun intended, seventy-seven minutes. Uh, this uh, ca- uh, catalogs a few different stories, none of which are re- are related other than they take place on or around uh, mountains. Uh, but the uh, the main story, I would say, maybe the longest running story, is a mom and daughter team who are attempting to traverse. Is it? Wait, they're going from Vancouver, uh, Vancouver to, to Alaska, Skagway, yeah. Alaska. Yeah,
2: and it's the only story that continues throughout. It's the through line in the documentary. By they foot. have a, They have a bunch of other uh, vignettes throughout, uh, little standalone stories, uh, including. Uh, but not limited to the very first one, which it's just a perfect open for the movie. And I even showed Atticus a lot of clips from this because he oh. got a lot out of it. And as I was watching it without him, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to show him this. So it opens up with this old timer who's out there in the woods. I mean, in the, in the snow, open snow up in the mountains. And it really is, um, it, it's shining a light on a particular uh, a region of North America, which is in between where that mother-daughter team walked reverse from. And it's, it's the equivalent of going from uh, Seattle to Mexico. right? Mm. it's like or like like the top of uh, uh, Washington State down to long. Mexico. Yeah, it's very, very long. So but it goes the other way. It goes like we said, from Vancouver, which is the bottom of Canada on the west coast, all the way up to Skagway, which is up in Alaska. and uh, which is crazy because I took a cruise well, from, that's right from Vancouver to Skagway. And it took oh, like wow. two days by boat to get up there. And these, the mom and daughter actually walked this. It's like over 2,000 miles. It's insane. And
1: it's, really, and it's
2: not a straight line. It's over mountains and across it, rivers. And,
1: and it's not even on a walking path. They are traversing snow.
2: Over six months. So yeah. that's the through line. But it opens up with this old timer. And he's, he's out there. And he's got his snowshoes. And, he, and you don't know what he's doing. And he's talking about... Walking how
1: he's counting his steps.
2: It takes him eight to 12 hours and uh, he's counting his steps and he's, you know, using this little device to kind of look through and you think it's just a mountaineer or something. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, where are we? I grant asked us to watch this movie when he gave us the song. That was the only thing he wanted to dread. That was like two years ago. And I've been, I don't want to say dreading it, but you know, people that paid, I have been bumping them up sure. and you always are worried that like, you're going to see something that like okay, you know, in front of the show, made and yeah, you're going to hate it. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: How do you possibly spin it? To, you know, it's just to say nice things
2: as I'm watching this movie. I'm like, I felt like such an asshole. I'm like, this is so good. I can't wait to talk. So it's got this old guy and he's in his snow boots. And then they, they pull back and they use this drone shot and you see that he's doing snow art, which he actually says, if you, I rewatched it right? and he's making this giant like snowflake. That's like impossibly giant
1: There's a football field wide
2: it bigger than that. Maybe he said that by the time he's done, it's the equivalent of a marathon that he's walked.
1: That's right. Cause he's Jeez. making the individual uh, crystals of the, of this crazy snowflake with every footstep.
2: Atticus like his eyes were fucking wide. He's like, Oh my wow. Like he was like blown away by it. Please, actually, it...
1: please tell me Jillian saw this because I thought of her and yep. how no person to spend this much time doing anything.
2: Yeah, she would be upset with the uh, the mom and daughter. I think
1: no, the the snow artist. Oh,
2: the snow artist. She she came in towards the end when Alex uh, and I were watching one of the end scenes, and uh, she heard them talking about how far they traversed, and she goes, "Why why would anyone do that to themselves?" That was that was her <laughs> too much exertion.
1: It was absurd. They they had food drops. Uh, they would literally get dropped in by drone, right? Or,
2: yeah. And, yeah and grant and jenny were doing really impressive things and i hope jenny was involved in this and i'm not giving her too much credit here uh grant i know you're the director but i know she also wrote this and you guys make films together so uh he was talking about how they're always trying you know get creative things and do interesting things and like they put the the drone uh, the um the gopro on the the food box that they dropped out that's a fun little thing some really interesting things he was doing he was telling me he was holding the drone for some of the shots with the the nun Mm. they have this whole section the scene where it's like these nuns that live up in the middle of the yep. woods in, in this beautiful Dominican cathedral. Dominican nuns. Dominican nuns. And then he's got a shot of one of them across country skiing and it looks like an SNL sketch yep. at first he's in our, glance. He's in habit. But then you realize she absolutely knows what she's doing. That's how she gets around every day. And it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And he was telling me they had a really hard time because they had a beautiful shot there. I don't know if you you picked up on it, but it almost looked like it was a trick shot. She was in in one place and they were kind of moving the camera to make it look like she was moving. But no, she was moving. And from what I understand, he was, or or here, this camera guy were holding the drone to get the perfect shot. They weren't even operating the the drone at that point. Interesting. But it was a really effective shot. Uh, Who else do they have in here?
1: They had a mountain climber. Uh, an older guy who was a mountain climber. They had a uh, uh, rock artist named Bearhardt. Mm-hmm, Remember mm-hmm. the rock artist who he, spent all day making rock art.
2: He's yeah, he's towards the end. Uh, the the avalanche story, which the avalanche story was great. It was really well uh, executed and edited together too. It, it leaves you wondering uh, right up until the story, like you're you're in that story, mm-hmm. and it's just a small little part of the movie. This movie is a celebration of the mountains, of that style uh, style uh, type of life, like all the different things that the mountains have to offer. Right. This is a movie like if and what you it like, means
1: to these people. Like you get it. I would never want to do it, but I get it. You exactly.
2: I mean? Like people that have just given their lives over to the mountains and you get, you get it. You don't smell it. Like in that guy's house towards the end, it looks gorgeous. And right. I'm thinking like, I'm glad I don't smell the rotting food that might be in there, but it's absolutely beautiful. And yeah, I, it's, it's a love letter to the mountains. Right. And I, I immediately like text my friends who love the mountains, who I know. I, I get a lot of camp people. I'm like, you guys got to see this movie. You're going to absolutely love this. movie.
1: Have they not heard of it? No, no, you know
2: no one really has heard of this. There's just too much noise out there. This is also a movie that was um, uh, made up in Canada. They're uh, Grant and Jenny are, are Canadians. And, uh, you know, Canada makes some really good stuff. And it's not really all about distribution and, you know, mm. getting all the money back. It's just about making, from what I understand, it's not made by the Hollywood machine. So it can get lost with, uh, you know, not enough PR. So... The modest living uh, mountain couple—I don't even know if they're a couple—but they seem so fulfilled, and that's towards the end. Like, that's really what kind of drives this whole message home. It's like, Mm. what are we doing? Like, what you know, we just we just finished up Succession last night, and then you watch like a movie like this, and you're just like, so many people are doing life wrong. Yeah.
1: What am I doing with versus what are they doing right now? Yeah. Uh, It's funny. I made two notes toward the towards the end of the movie. One. Uh, I just can't imagine looking at a beautiful snow-capped mountain and thinking I've got to climb that. Mm-hmm. That's just an instinct that doesn't exist in me. I imagine most people.
2: No, you don't have you don't have anything any of that. In your, like, no, what about like hills in your neighborhood? Do you ever like just drive by and be like, "Oh, I like to be up there one day."
1: Sure, but okay. now we're talking about like you know training and equipment and possibly dying. Yeah. And speaking of which, my other note was even pitching and breaking down a tent like the mom and <laughs> the daughter did seems like an insurmountable task every single day. Like that that was miserable. Yes.
2: When I talked to Grant, that was most of my questions I had were like, you know, nerdy filmmaking right. and like how much was he actually out there with them? And as I suspected, he's with them in the very beginning. And then at the end, when they get to where they right. end up and, uh, the middle part, like he left that up to them. They had uh, some GoPros and, and like he was saying that the best parts of what happened to them out there, they're not filmmakers. So they didn't grab, like they almost got caught in an avalanche. They oh, didn't wow. cover that. There was like, and sure, I'm like, their Weeders.
1: first thing is not to grab a camera.
2: I, I, it felt like they got a shit ton to me. But, you know, he, he's just thinking of the stuff that they missed yeah. while they were out there on that journey. But that doesn't come through. You're not going like, wow, this this mom and daughter uh, are, are not delivering because they are. And it's the perfect amount of suffering, like human suffering, as well as the beauty that they that pays, that pays makes it all worth it that they see.
1: That's funny you mention all that because another note that I wrote down, not knowing the connection to Grant Baldwin at the time, uh, the crew has to do all this while carrying equipment.
2: But what I, what you might not have heard is they weren't the crew. No, wasn't no, they there. weren't there the whole time. I yeah. understand
1: that. But when they were, they're on the ground. They're doing the thing. You know. Yeah, it's, it's tough, tough sledding it's, if one Intended.
2: How sad is this? That this movie is just you know it, it's it's a kind of movie that would be up for Oscars just ten years ago, and yeah. now it's just no one's no one's talking about it. And it's a and I'm not just saying that because of Grant's relation to this here program. It's a very very good movie. It is. And I'm glad that yeah I talked to you after. Um, you had seen it, and I, I broke it to you then that it was Grant.
1: Yeah, but I, I enjoyed it uh, legitimately. This is a uh, very well-made documentary.
2: This Mountain Life, I, we highly recommend. You see it and uh, rate it and uh, you know tell your friends about it. Just, th- these guys should be making more movies, so fantastic.
1: I don't know about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, they are. They're continuing to work. They don't need a whole bunch of our help. I just want people to see it for the sake of the movie because it's so good.
1: It can be streamed on Prime. I'm assuming you can rent it a couple places, but it, it's accessible.
2: Oh and uh did you pick up on how cool this is another nerdy question I have but there's cool. some great drone shots that he has from above and it's like going over you know straight down it's that straight down look and it's going over like brooks and like just one continual shot of mountain uh, treetops and it's forgive me if I get it backwards but I think it's snow covered and then it's slowly but surely like turning into um not oh, uh,
1: spring or summer whatever
2: yeah. yeah he he did that like by getting two shots of two drones at two different times of the year and then melding them together. Oh, wow, really? He did all of those effects himself. And oh. I just thought it was CGI yeah. that he paid like some company to do. No, he did all that. He did all the 3D wow. uh, uh, photos. You know, that stuff that, that you see from, like, uh, we first saw it in the kids' days in the picture where yeah. they take 2D. Yeah, the, the
1: photo moves. Yeah, he did all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, like if, you're,
2: if you're looking for some of that in your film, which yeah, you, yeah, might, there's you might need.
1: Grant, I'm going to hit you up pretty you might, soon. You might
2: want to hire Grant Let's over there. post-production. He, the, he has the time. All right. Ah, that's good. Nice. Yeah.
1: Enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Fun.
2: I'm trying to think of what else I saw. What else you saw? Oh, Lynch, Oz, and uh, this mountain light. They couldn't be more different, but, uh, and then Beanpole. Wow.
1: Yeah. Hey.
2: Wow. And then a little mermaid mermaid. as well. A little mermaid. Shows a service, huh?
1: really is and speaking of which thanks you guys for well you guys thanks Nick from Nick Eats Cake and uh, Grant uh, Grant Baldwin for assigning us uh, interesting movies always enjoy the assignments always don't always enjoy the assignments always appreciate the assignments
2: yeah there's there might be one movie I can't even remember what it is so maybe there's none that I like a listener as a scientist and I'm like I've got nothing out of it. even the ridiculous three and a half hour long uh,
1: Seattle Mariners Seattle Mariners I enjoyed that I got something I out of that, about that.
2: yeah <laughs> No,
1: there is there is stuff to be taken away from uh, Beanpole.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's the kind of movie that we'll continue to probably <laughs> refer to for years to come on this show. It right? might even real, make a list.
1: That's a real Beanpole moment. <laughs> all right. Thanks, you guys. And uh, thank you to Florence Brummer for the upcoming top five this week. Top five princesses. Look for that. you get clever at all there? Minorly? Mm-hmm. Not really. Not really. The only cleverness is what I didn't include.
0: Oh. Oh, boy. I know. Uh, negative it's space. The, it's the
1: notes you don't
2: play. It's the it's the characters you don't choose.
1: It's the character that's right. Well done. All right, cool. Thanks to uh, like I said, Nick eats cake. Grant Baldwin. Thanks to Grandy, Grandy, Candy Cigarettes uh, for being our featured artist this week. Check them out at Anderson and Brian and There go. Check out the listener art. Check out uh, uh, the Amazon link that you can use for all your shopping needs at no cost to you.
2: I missed the perfect. Uh, dovetail segue as to what we're going to be watching next. Right? What are we watching next uh, from the listeners? Are you are you down for doing two? You ready to do two? We'll see. We're, we're doing we're doing pretty good pace here. All right. Okay. Uh, Leaf Norden. Leaf Norden. Leif. Leif. God damn it, Leif! I knew that uh, some bitch. We'll talk soon, Leif, and you can you can yell at me either way, Leif. All right, Leif. I think it's Leif. I've known Leif forever, and I'm fucking up his name. All right, uh, my neighbor Totoro. Okay. Totoro. Even though it sounds like they say Torah. I've watched this already with Atticus. You can watch it with Desa. Did he enjoy it? It's
1: a G-rated. Wow. The G-rated, yes. G-rated film.
2: Yes. Ghibli. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. Okay. And then uh, Frank. Frank has had us. Uh, he's having us watch Band of Brothers, episodes one and two. Mm. All right. It's I may have already seen that. Equivalent to uh, two hours. So he, he has his faith. Probably wrong, wrongfully so, but he believes that if we're going to watch these two episodes, nothing will stop us from having to watch the rest. We'll be compelled. I don't have the the, the bandwidth to do so, oh, I'm afraid. So. I
1: do, but uh, that doesn't make any difference. Okay, so uh,
2: two first two episodes, Band of Brothers, as well as my neighbor Totoro. Toto, Totoro. Thanks to Frank and Leaf. L-E-I-F is Leaf, yeah?
0: How do you say Leaf? Rafe. Rafe finds Maybe Leif. He mispronounces his name, though. Could be Leif. Hey, written. if you would like to
2: be $25 a $25 member of the Patreon uh, Film Vault 2, uh, you can hear me mispronounce your name. And also, um, we uh, I think we're sold out at that level right
1: now. So. No, we're not. We have plenty of room. Uh, Everyone sold on board. Out. All right, uh, coming up. The
2: $50 up. level is open, though, if you'd like to give us a topic.
1: Top 5 Princesses coming up uh, soon, next, if you will. And uh, until then.
2: We do it for Van Gogh.